And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. <clears throat> and upon her forehead was a great name written. I gotta redo it. Okay. I was all I was I choked. Like, I right. kinda like the raspiness. Alright, I'm gonna keep going then. Fuck it. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her which hath the seven heads and ten horns. All right, this next part is for Rex editing. After the knock, can you add in a door opening sound? Hello, it is I, Brother Blair, back, back from the grocery mart. It has been some time, I have a friend with me. Do you wish to introduce yourself? It's Brother Chris. We were at the wedding. It's raining. Are you going to let us in? We're wet. Our shirts are unbuttoned. Let me in. And so, you let us in. And here we are. Babylon. Mystery Babylon the Great. Babylon is a really fascinating character in the Bible but especially so when looking back after having read Thelemic texts from Crowley, because Babylon takes on such a different role. Um, Babylon is, of course, the name of an empire as well. And it is as empire that Babylon takes on a lot of value in the Rasta religion, the Rastafarian religion, where... You know, they believe that we live in Babylon. We're in Babylon right now. And they dream, they wish for the salvation of Zion. So you get a dichotomy of Babylon and Zion. And I kind of read this as Babylon and Avalon, because they rhyme. <laughs> so you have uh, an empire of evil and an empire of good. Not saying the British Empire is good, just that Arthur is good. In the Matrix, who is what is Zion? Is that the mm. like the the human city? Yeah, it's the promised. It's like the idea that we can rebuild a human civilization. Uh, Zion is the promised land. Like it's, I think you know, New Jerusalem. At the end of Revelations, is that as well? Um, 
Babylon being the world as it is. And that, I think, is a big part of why Crowley upholds Babylon the Whore, because so much of the old Aeon was spent in repressing the sexuality of woman, that in this new Aeon, it's not even upholding something new, it's just upholding what is. Um, you know, we're, we're dealing with a lot of it now, especially in America, where the sexuality of women having been freed is horrifying to a large, large group of young men. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I like to think uh, we live in a, a very sex-positive society. Mm, absolutely. You know, the sex positivity has, has led to an explosion in sexual activity in our generation. <laughs> you know, like everybody, everybody is... Uh, is in, a, in a sense, do you feel like... All right, here's, here's like some sperm economics in terms of the the output of masturbation per capita in the u.s are people ejaculating more to internet pornography mm. or have they like effectively killed their uh libido via you know just even sitting in front of the computer screen in the first place that's a great question because I, d- I don't play games but you've brought up the idea that like most dudes don't even care about memes. They just play video games. Like, they don't care about the internet as a place of socializing. It's really just games. So all, the idea... All play the <clears throat> gamers' rights. They, mm-hmm. they view that as socialization. Okay, okay. But, like, the sexuality element, I think it, it gets reduced to mechanism. Like, you jerk off solely because it's ritual. Like, there's not um, an active libido. It's, it's a libido reduced to a mechanical um, pseudo-productivity. I feel I'll contrast this with the meme of demon time. I was thinking about this earlier today, actually. There's this, like, bit. Uh, it's like in, like, hip-hop songs on TikTok, like, it's demon time. And it's like a meme there where it's... Uh, there's like a million different semiotics going through my head for like how it's connoted, but it's pretty much like a way of saying like I'm horny and I'm going to like go to immense lengths to satisfy myself. But, you know, it's all under the context of it being like online. So it's like I'm going to dig back on their Instagram feed for years and find some hot photo of them or like I'm going to spend like fucking 10 days searching for the zip download of their leaked only fans in february um but that like connotation of demon time like is that just some sort of like remnant of libido or maybe this is like something new aeon where it's like there is sexual energy but it's just getting corralled into the the labyrinth and very elaborate well let me all right i'll give you my my counterpoint to that that idea of demon time like what do they mean by demon um, so that TikTok that we made at Stop and Shop, where <laughs> it's a uh, Morningstar vegan chicken nuggets. And I said, Morningstar, are you kidding me? Lucifer Morningstar. Um, and my friend who's like a big, a big punk TikToker, he, um, stitched it. And so I got like a million, million fucking stitches and every single one, without fail, is the same joke. They fake being on the phone, and they say, Lucy, 
or Lucifer or Daddy, they found out. And it's the same thing every time. And to me, that is modern demon. The modern demon is like, it's ve- it's a vegan, <laughs> tattooed... <laughs> Like, the modern demon is not sexy. The modern demon is totally drained of libido. <laughs> like, prideful. The The demon that I'm referencing is, like, connoted. The symbol is the, like, little devil emoji with mm-hmm. the kind of, like... The purple one? And I would say... The, is it the purple one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then I would say the behavior is that of, like... It's, like... A horny teenage boy trying desperately to like it's like the idea of like fucking a couch cushion <laughs> except but, that couch cushion is like whatever is in front of you in your kind of like digital mental map uh-huh. where it's like new Belle Delphine new um leak I, this can take a really nefarious <coughs> turn too if we want to get like myopic I'm, I'm gonna start speaking to like American or really like global high school experience now but like what kind of group chats exist mm-hmm. that consistently mm-hmm. are like everyone's had this scandal at their school which is the principal's bringing people in because a certain type of illicit photo is being traded and oh we realize that even though you're all underage it is technically by law illegal to have possession of some of these things um i would say it is like it it is acting on a real libido and it manifests in a way that isn't straight vegan i think you <sighs> kind of like piqued the interest of a particular type mm-hmm. of like I am I'm an into occultism. Well this is what I'll give. I think they are not demons, they're imps. Mm. They're like very, very low Imp time. <laughs> yeah. make the news exactly. Imp time. <laughs> they're very, very low they're devilish. They are mm-hmm. like servitors, servants of demons. Low demons. Like they are so like they are. Yes, they are serving Satan in that they are serving libido, but it's in so many layers of confusion and digitization that it's like, mm, like you could have fun with an imp. Mm-hmm. Like even even the best Christian, like, oh, you naughty little boy, look at what you are doing. You are messing with my chair. How could you? Like it's not like I am going to be torn asunder by this wretched thing. Um, it's no longer a, a libido with that kind of strength. Speaking of not very strong libidos, we were at <laughs> the, the NPCC Fest. The, the NPC Fest. Not shitting on it. It was actually a lot of fun. We came out to New York City. Not that it's far. Took a train. Hour and a half train. And But I will say, the, the train rides back were two of the most obnoxious obnoxious times in my life I think um, there is a character in that scene named MoMA PS5 I'm pretty sure that's oh, his yes. name I know, he's, I know he's a DJ and people like he got outed for it's like fucking being horny on main like he's DMing people like sexting them and uh, was I he know, there? He was there. I, I don't know if he was there one of the nights we were, but I saw someone who looked like him in sunglasses just standing in a very like intimidating fashion. Oh, did he have the coat? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was him. I okay. could be wrong. Um, he, he beefs with... Um, he beefs with everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, people love to shit on him. And I saw, um, I think, mpcc.nyc, like, 
reposted him being like, oh, I came out. It's hilarious how everyone who beefs with me online turns to fans the second they see mm-hmm. me. Or it's like how shallow their words are. So the hot take here is that unironically, MoMA PS5, the strongest libidinal power at NBCC Fest, seconded by, um, who, who was good there? I'm trying to even think. It was a, cer- a certain uh, very dangerous. No, public... he, yeah, no, there he, was, he a... was just chilling. He was just chilling. He you, was. You know who, if you know. Um, it was fun though. I read tarot cards of many people at this party with a medieval tarot cat <laughs> deck, um, but it worked. Maybe we Alex were... Beanstalk. It's, this is a shout out to Alex Beanstalk. Yeah, we gave him a horrific card reading because he asked about death and i thought uh, this reading was cultural it was a, a cultural decay it was the four of discs which is power followed by judgment and then the ace of swords which is the sh- power is the establishment the powers of this earth receiving divine judgment and uh, <laughs> The sword, the sword falls. The sword comes down the, upon them. The end of Babylon. Exactly. I think, um, yeah, no, it was it was inspiring though. It was interesting to see all of this translated into real life, and it makes me think um, this is a scene ripe for rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. I think we were uh, the most dangerous, strapping young lads there. Well, um, I think NP- <laughs> I think just NPC fest on its own was. A rejuvenation of that scene um like trevor uh who is npcc fest and uh what all triggers no warnings um did a, a fucking fantastic job and he let me uh go early i did a i did a reading at angel fest i did a magic ritual which everyone partook in and you the listener at home can partake too I'm going to tell you of the mystery of zero. The tarot card, the fool, is numbered zero and symbolizes air. And so if you want to embody this element of God, make your mouth into a zero and blow. And then you take your hand and you put it on your mouth and go. You remember that from when you were a kid? That is the fool and so we all did that then we got home caught our train um it was a great time it was a lot of fun i will say props props to alex lee moyer there was a screening of something that was considerably better than tfw no gf um definitely yeah definitely the subject brilliant we signed ndas we can't even tell you um Either way, it was a lot of fun, and hopefully there will be more. Um, all right, now I'll talk a little bit about a book that I read, I think, that what the first time I came up to the Cape to visit you when we worked on, we worked on some magic projects. Um, I read, I've been very obsessed with Philip K. Dick for the past two years, and I read his book, Ubik, and... It's astounding. I'm going to spoil it because I don't. I don't care. Um, Ubik is this concept that God is present 
even in the most worthless consumer objects. And I think this is a profoundly optimistic, hopeful look at the world. Like it's almost a direct negation of capitalist realism, where even in nothing, like like the major example in the book is a spray can. Ubik is a, a, a an aerosol, and God is found in it. God can be found in a beer, in a coffee, in in a spray can. You know, in all these tiny little things that I think a lot of people, especially in memes, you know, express this ultimate spiritual profound disdain for. They they express a disdain for their day-to-day life. Um, you ever watch Don Hartsfeld's movies? What's What are his movies? Um, he did uh, It's Such a Beautiful Day. Oh, it's really, it's really beautiful. But they're like, it's about a guy who, you know, he finds out he has brain cancer and he's just, it's an animated, he's an animator. I feel like I've I've seen the cover of this. It's a very simple style and it's all hand animated, but there's a point where he just starts, you know, taking in his days. He just starts taking in his days more and he realizes that life is not the exciting moments. It's it's the day-to-day. It's wiping up a spill with paper towels. It's getting out of bed and brushing your teeth. And that's what life really is. That is what our lives are made of. And Dick recognizes that in the concept of Ubik. Um, this is also really <clears throat> kind of funny and interestingly stated in the book of the subgenius where Bob, though he's not seen in direct photographs, he exists. His icons are all of the old fifties advertisements of dads with pipes. Every single one is Bob. And also like every store, like Bob's car repair, Bob's furniture, um, all of it is Bob. Like, Bob exists through advertisements, through capitalism. Because Bob is a capitalist figure. He's the man who could sell anything. Um, Again, I think this is, like, this is the attitude that must be taken. Um, Because communism, as Land has said, it's it's miserablism. It wants to be miserable. I've got the perfect thing here, then. This is my direct experience with, with Ubik and Bob. All right, let's hear it. I told you, I, I think I told you about this on a phone call. Mm. I was on a road trip uh, from Massachusetts to Texas, and I was in Roanoke, Virginia, which was just pretty much everywhere in the middle of the U.S. is kind of like obliterated right now, like just stores, hours that will run from like nine to five, like nothing's open. You just can feel it in the town that like no one fucking cares. Uh, but I did stop at a Wendy's after we had like went to se- we went to several restaurants trying to like find somewhere to eat. We found a Wendy's, and the person I was with was initially like, "This is gonna be fucking terrible. Like, let's not get Wendy's." And I uh, I won over the dialogue, and we got Wendy's. And we were parked at this park after driving for like four hours, and I was eating Wendy's, and I was struck with this idea, and I was thinking about this. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. This is in my notes. It says Timothy Fisher. But the idea was like a Mark Fisher style essay 
um, about fast food because, you know, it's just like low hanging fruit and it would be like, there is no excellence in post-industrialism. And it's like the the homogeneous. Yeah. Well, there's like homogenization, homogenization of all the standards regarding foods. It, It keeps it bereft of the ability for something to truly break the veil. And it'd be like this really like wordy. 3,000 to 20,000 word essay that would be in like Quillette and it would be about like fast food and like it'd have like one point of data where it was like satisfaction has gone down to an average 6.7. It'd be this whole thing. And then I would write that, but then I would write like a response to it and it would be almost in like a tweet. And this was the sort of uh, embracing Bob perspective, which is you have clearly never eaten Wendy's in Roanoke, Virginia. And it was because the Wendy's I had in Roanoke, Virginia, we had so little faith. We thought it was going to be terrible. It was the only option and it was delicious. And it was like, I was sitting at this park and the park was even run down. Like there's trash everywhere. And it was just like, this, this is America. I was listening to some Donald Glover. Not really, but that's I got to be honest. I, I have no care, no love for the people who deny the future of our country, the infinite potential of this country. Um, another another Ubik artist is Warhol. Like Warhol knows the burger in Roanoke. He has tasted of it in his replication of the single burger. Like the infinite reduplication of these forms that is what God does. It's not, I mean, like, yeah, like flowers and trees and streams are constantly changing, but they remain the same in form. That is the action of God. Are you trying to tell me that God makes NFTs? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. God, God, if God were, damn, RIP God, you would have loved NFTs. That's, that's a good tweet right there. This should be that good. was what we used to do. Or not that we used to. And MIA has never ended. And if you say it has, you're on the list. There are hidden episodes. There's going to be lost recording surfacing yeah, for the, years to come. The real ones out there have been listening this entire time. It's actually, it's all been posted onto the Patreon, yeah. which uh, I think we're currently like number three on the platform. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's been a, a skyrocketing success. That's why I've it's not very been popular in Lemuria. Mm. Yeah. Like, what is it? Like 80%? 80% of 80% them. Lee Maria, maybe like They like 15, to listen to it in their welding guns while they're going up mm-hmm. to the surface. Maybe 15% Atlanteans. Um, speaking of mysteries, of deep, dark things underground, we're making something. <laughs> we're making a movie. And with this movie, we're also making records. Musica. Can we give the? You want to give the title? Can we give the title of the movie, or is that too much? I think it, it'll be nice. We'll put it in like the the name of this episode. So go the ahead. Mo- the movie is the Song of Babylon. <laughs> it has to be read in that voice. Yeah, absolutely. There's no other way. Because I'm reading it as if it's uh, an old fashioned advertisement. It's where Bob Bob is saying it. Um, but you know we're not going to give a lot away. But. What I what we will say the movie focuses on forty fives, on it's a it's a type of record. If you listen to records, you already know what a forty five is, but it's a single, it's a seven inch single, um, 
and this movie is focused on a very mysterious 45 and what happens when one listens to it. Um, we've made a lot of progress. Yeah, no, it's actually, uh, I, I'll give a rough, per, what's the word, posting date? Yeah. It's not going to get posted, but a rough finishing date of the top of next year, 2022. But uh, lots of work has gone into this over the past couple of months, and we are full momentum right now, looking like we're going to be shooting in what? December. Okay. Exciting, though, because we, uh, we're we done with this internet bullshit. We're cool now. We yeah. hang out at film festivals. We're, we're artists. artists. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I pulled. Um, I pulled Temperance from my Cat, Dara, cat Tarot deck, but um, I pulled art for this. This is another, another expression of what is needed to be said right now. You know, I suppose... The way that we need to view it is essentially as alchemy, where all the internet stuff we do serves to, it, it you know, it's an acid. It dissolves, but it produces gold. Gold remains. And so all you listening, you spend your time on the internet, uh, see what is left of your soul. That is what is going to create the most beautiful things. The most beautiful parts of you, if they exist... This is the caveat for many. I don't know if anybody, honest to God, I don't know if anybody listening doesn't have beautiful parts of them because just to listen to us alone is like, <laughs> it's probably quite a process, but there are people who have nothing left. And after the internet's acid and this world's acid has dissolved their soul, there will be no gold or what is left will be impossible for their bodies to utilize. Do you remember in uh, in season three when one of the... It's a woman at an office and she calls Philip Jeffries mm. and it's a drop of gold in a pan in front of a, um, in front of a little machine. Oh, that's right. That's the right. The end of an episode. But like that little bit of gold. And the same for um, Diane. Or no, no, no. It's Dougie. Dougie is a, a little tiny gold sphere. That's the bit of Dale Cooper's soul. Usually we give that to the child we make. Exactly. Like, we... And that that's yeah, completely right. Like, when you're an artist... I think this is why generally artists tend to be fucking horrible parents. <laughs> if, you're too, if you're too good at anything, you're not giving your all to being a parent. Which is to say, like, most people are not good parents because they work too much or, you know, and that's the thing. Like, even having cool parents fucking sucks. The prescription for the episode is if you are an artist, you must come to us. Mm -hmm. If you are not an artist, all you can do is have a kid. Those are the two, mm -hmm. two lanes for the advice. Exactly. Like you have beauty within you. You know, if you're a woman, you have in your tummy, you have, a bit of gold that will flower into something magnificent. And if you are a man, you have a bit of gold in your gut as well that you can give unto somebody worthy. And you can both come together to create something worthwhile. Um, in the text that I gave you, the text that I got the day before you came here, the Hermetica, Hermes says, like, to those who are enlightened, 
having children is the most important activity of one's life because they recognize that it is the most godlike a human being can become. It is the most true form of creation. This is not the shit on artists. Like artists have children all the time in the form of their ideas, but most of it's all fucking wasted. I've talked about this before, just like, you know, um, so much of an artist's life is abortion. Just endless miscarriages of potential children. Um, but all for the sake of creating one great thing. If they're lucky. If they're lucky. If they're blessed. But for many, this never comes. And their life is just an endless tragedy. Um, speaking of endless tragedy among artists, Alec Baldwin shot shot a woman to death. My favorite artist, Alec Baldwin. I really, I really despise him. I've always despised him. You know why? There's a radio station I listen to occasionally. I go back and forth between WFMU, the best radio station in the world, you should listen to it, um, and WQXR, which is classical music. And Alec Baldwin will do the voice. And every time I hear it, I fucking hate it. Because it's in between beauty, you know? Like, it's beautiful music. I love to drive to classical music. And then I'll hear his fucking voice. I hate him. I've always hated him. He's a, he's a real jerk. Um, Have you seen 30 Rock? No. I know he's in it. I used to watch that as a child, and he is he's a good character in it. There's only one movie I like that he's in. Uh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. I liked him as Trump, I thought. That was uh, impressive. No, it's the other dude. What's his name? He was being Damien, so subversive. Duncan, Damien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was such such a... No one... Back back then, no one would make fun of him. It, it was like... He came out in a time when he could have so easily been attacked for what he was doing. He was. He, was. he, he got death threats. People were shooting at him on set. He was extremely brave for what he did. I mean, you know... And for that, I got to give him props. Is but, there but is I there any he, way that someone could die in a public sphere now and it doesn't immediately get extrapolated to, like, ritual killing? Because I feel like that is the tone of this one, is mm -hmm. that there is no way, because her second project is about exposing Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. She was on the set of the other one where someone got shot. Um, you know, I've heard a a labor theory from from stupid poll about uh you know what is it it was like fucking scabs and that it was during kind of like the sga labor unions for uh actors striking and they were they hire in people to stand in during that time so they hired in someone who was not good at their job and then they also set them up and it was all this stuff but I feel like the more compelling narrative is that of like Richard. Alec, yeah, Alec Baldwin with I, the I hood. Would, do you think our? I don't know if our listeners are are left wing. I don't know if they even know what a scab is. A scab is a person who crosses a strike. Like if a, if workers if a workers union is striking, scabs are people who the company can get to replace them. Um, I guess thinking about it now, like it's called that because. The strike is an open wound, and the scab is a way of healing, and so they help heal something that the workers want to wound. Um, what do you think about a podcaster's union? Oh my god. We need um, better hours. I, yeah, who... who? Um, 
who do we bargain with? The listener. The listener. Oh my, that's part. Okay, you, I, I dig your greedy listeners. You always, you filthy pigs. You filthy pigs. You know how much money podcasters make? Nothing. The listeners, though, they grow fat of our riches, of our verbal, our verbiage, a garden of verbiage. Um, here's another perspective, though. You know, um, Anton. What the? Wait one second, Anton. No, it's Andre. See, I was combining the names. Andre Breton, who wrote the Surrealist Manifesto, in it states that the most surreal act a person can commit is to go out into a street and uh, shoot at people randomly. Was Alec Baldwin actually <laughs> shuffling off his hack career and embracing he's a true artist? artist now. He's, he's, he's a real artist now. A, a real artists have a, a few a few bodies. In their body count, not fucking the other drive. Aside, aside from the abortions, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I just I'm haunted by this image of a uh, dime square and the true true ritual that must must be completed to start the scene. But uh, I'll leave that loose so I don't get uh, doxed for hyperstitioning it. The future looks like tragedy which is to say it's quite exciting hopefully if we're lucky if you want the future to be exciting you can make it exciting as as we've said you have this bit of gold in you and if you commit yourself to it you can make it the whole of yourself you can be a star you were born a star but the world has burned away much of your energy if you allow it to grow and to flow, you too can be a star. I think that's a good way to end it. Did we have it? No, I don't. I don't like the way we ended it in the old days. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to do the thing. I think we should do a new ending right now. What's what's like a cool thing to to say? Just cut it there. <laughs> uh, all right. How long was that? Like 30 30, minutes? 35, yeah. Thank you, Shane.